Everybody, welcome back to the Ohioan Podcast. We are here with Bob Garber, our New York City film critic today. Bob, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderfully. Happy Tuesday. Well, uh, we only have one movie this week, but it happens to be well, it's the a good biggest, one. It's the biggest movie of the weekend. It's Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Bob, you just said it was a good one, so tell us a little bit about the movie. What did you think? Okay, well... Um... Yeah, Shang-Chi stars, um, uh, I, and I, I'm sorry if I'm uh, butchering these names, uh, Simu Liu as uh, Shang-Chi. Um, his father, played by Tony Lung, is um, the possessor of the Ten Rings, uh, which makes him a very powerful figure in the Japanese underworld. Um, he uh, trained his son, Shang-Chi, to be an expert assassin, but Shang-Chi uh, fled to America, uh, where he befriended Katie, played by Aquafina, and uh, spends his days valet parking and uh, basically goofing off. Uh, but he is summoned back to China by his father uh, because he thinks his uh, sister is in danger, but it turns out that the father just wants uh, both Shang-Chi and his sister to help him travel to the land of Ta Lo, to uh, rescue their mother, who they know to be dead. Um, it's uh, it's up to uh, Shang-Chi, the sister, uh, Katie, played by Aquafina, and uh, a uh, surprise uh, returning character from uh, another arm of the MCU uh, to save the land of Talo. Uh, from both the father and uh, the evil that is pretending to be their their dead mother. Okay, so obviously, you know, we've seen more than a couple of dozen Marvel movies in the MCU, and this is probably something that may may be completely different than what we've seen before. Um, how does this movie maybe compare to what we've seen before here with the MCU uh, movies? Well, first of all, it has some of the best action sequences uh, we've seen from a long time in the MCU. Um, first and foremost, there's a scene on a bus. Um, now, between this movie and Nobody, uh, this has been a very good year for bus-based action sequences. Uh, there's also a fight at the, on the side of a building uh, that basically is like a huge Plinko board. Okay, uh, that's, what I, that's what I compare it to. Um, also some scenes, uh, in the land of Talo, uh, between, uh, Shang-Chi's mother and father, they do a, uh, battle at the beginning. Uh, there's also a sparring session between Shang-Chi and his aunt played by, uh, Michelle Yeoh, uh, reminiscent of, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon late in the right. film that, uh, that, that makes for an exciting action sequence. Uh, I didn't so much care for the action sequences toward the end where it uh, kind of falls into that MCU template of uh, big glowy things, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of lightning bolts being fired from fingers, which I didn't think were very looked very impactful. Uh, also, there's some uh, some dragons that are clearly CGI that kind of made me uh, kind of made me tune out. Um, I'm not sure exactly uh, how the day is saved toward the end. Because uh, I kind of zoned out there, but uh, I, I certainly got the gist of the scene. Okay. Um, so ultimately, you know, we have something that we maybe have never seen before here in the MCU. Um, 
obviously a lot of people have been calling for Marvel to include uh, more culture, more ethnicities in their movies, you know, having female superheroes, you know, at the forefront, like we had with, <clears throat> with Black Widow earlier this summer. Um, so obviously this is something that maybe does for the Asian community, much like Black Panther did for the African-American community to sort of, you know, make sure that the everybody is represented. Ultimately, what did you think of uh, Shang-Chi? I gave it a B. Um, you know, not the MCU kind of has a ceiling to it, but uh, this is yeah. th this kind of um, is about as close to the ceiling as you get. Okay. All right. So there you have it, a B, and then obviously seventy-one million dollars. So there wasn't uh, any kind of fear for the box office this past weekend with a, a huge opening weekend for the movie. Were you surprised that it made $71 million with the ongoing pandemic and maybe some people just not really being so familiar with the comic book in general? Uh, yes. Um, you know, I thought the um, the box office was heading in a, def in a definite downward direction. Uh, but this, uh, this film kind of rescues it. Also, uh, Labor Day weekend is traditionally one of the worst weekends right. of the year. Uh, not just one of the worst holidays, but one of the worst weekends period of the year. But uh, this movie smashed the record held by one of the previous Halloween movies. Right. Uh, and uh, nearly nearly doubled it. And uh, I think we're going to see a lot more blockbusters uh, unafraid to open on Labor Day weekend going sure. forward. It seems like it. Well, uh, you know, obviously only one movie this weekend for Bob to review. But that does mean that we get to do a list of our uh, top five favorites. Well, this week, why not do our top five favorite Marvel movies? Now, just as a, an aside, we're not just looking at the MCU. This could be any Marvel movie that's released. So this could include Spider-Man. This could include the original X-Men movies. So any Marvel movie out there that exists with Marvel characters involved can certainly be a part of this list. So, Bob... Um, I'm going to go first on my top five. If you want to, you can feel free to comment or, you know, make fun of me or, or laugh or whatever. And then uh, we'll give your list and we'll, uh, we'll discuss a little bit. So, um, I think the first thing is, and I, and I'm probably the only person and I'm going to, this one just missed my list, even though I probably in my heart of hearts would have liked to have put it on there, but I, and I might be the only person that likes this movie as a uh, Marvel complete marvel universe of movies and that's daredevil so daredevil the ben affleck movie almost made my list i know that's probably laughable to some but it was close on my list but it just uh, just missed it so number five on my list is deadpool 2 i was i i was i like the first deadpool and then deadpool 2 comes around and I, okay i'll give it another shot so why not ryan reynolds is perfect as deadpool i think we can all agree on that but in this case, you've got some real fun, uh, you know, side sort of side projects, I guess you could say, when you look at uh, cables in the movie, Domino makes an appearance in the movie as well. And, you know, I think that the, the thing that really kind of caps all of this off, maybe for me anyway, is just Rob Delaney as Peter, the uh, mustache wearing uh, non-superhero that joins the X-Force in their attempt to uh, take out Cable and rescue uh, Russell, the, the, the young boy that uh, Deadpool 
forms a relationship with. He is so funny in this just serious, but almost just too serious and too funny kind of looking guy where he's trying to be a superhero, wants to be a part of the team. And he's talking about uh, right before they get ready to, you know, skydive out of this plane to go down and save the boy. He's uh, putting sunscreen on, talking about, you know, I don't know about this cable fella, but uh, he probably hasn't killed as many people as melanoma. Just stuff like that, which is very funny. I couldn't help but laugh at almost every scene. The action sequences are, are really fun and over the top. We get our introduction of Juggernaut as well. Uh, so Deadpool 2 was really a pleasant surprise as a sequel. And this is coming from someone who gave a lukewarm enjoyment of the first Deadpool, where I liked the first Deadpool, but I don't think I liked it as much as other people did. And I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. So that one, for me, was an easy number five at that point. Uh, number four for me is uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Uh, I think this is probably by far the best X-Men movie overall out of all the, I think, what, six movies? Well, six canon movies, and then you've got Dark Phoenix and the New Mutants and all that. But um, as far as Days of Future Past, really kind of blends in the time travel elements. It blends in some historical you know, changes with the Nixon era, you know, getting in, you know, traveling back in time to the Nixon era. And uh, essentially, Mystique is uh, attempting to assassinate uh, Dr. Trask, who has created, the, who will be creating the Sentinels and releasing them as uh, mutant killers, essentially. And they are trying to stop Mystique from killing her, uh, from killing Trask. Uh, and so they go back in time, and it's a it's a really kind of a mind bender, if you will, of a movie. Great special effects all throughout, including uh, Quicksilver. Uh, running inside and, uh, you know, getting into a nice little fight there inside with slow motion. Um, I think they really uh, handled that character very well, even better than what the MCU has handled Quicksil Quicksilver when he's been in their films. So Days of Future Past for me is just a nice blend of, uh, you know, 1960s era movie making and then also beautiful special effects and an interesting story overall. So um X-Men First Class is a, is a really solid, you know, reboot, but uh, Days of Future Past really took the franchise, I think, to new heights, in my opinion. So number three for me is the, uh, the most recent entry into the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that's, well, the Marvel Universe for me anyway, and that's Black Panther. Um, really was impressed with the storytelling here, uh, the culture that was on display, how things work. Um but more importantly, I think it gave some new voices to the Marvel Cinematic Universe that we had never seen before. Chadwick Boseman, the late Chadwick Boseman, was terrific as Black Panther. And it was uh, the type of, uh, you know, role and the type of actor that you'd love to see pair up with that role for the next 20 years. But unfortunately, he uh, was gone too soon. So um, interested to see how they take Black Panther into the future here moving forward. Uh, but um uh, Definitely when it came out in 2018, it was one of those real pleasant surprises in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Almost a palate cleanser, but I don't want to say it was a palate cleanser because that would be, um, you know, not giving it enough credit for being just a very good movie as well. So uh, Black Panther, number three on my list. Number two on my list, and this is actually, um, for me, this is the, the best movie, I think, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, of these 24, 25 movies that are in the Cinematic Universe, and that is Iron Man. I really enjoyed Iron Man when I first saw it. Um, I thought Robert Downey Jr. really played this role as Tony Stark 
about as perfect as you could ever imagine Tony Stark being on screen. And I think Robert Downey Jr. inhabited that character and, and certainly uh, throughout this franchise of Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, Robert Downey Jr. has hit it out of the park every time out. Um, and I know some people, you know, it maybe will say that it hasn't aged as well since it did came and you know, since it came out in 2008. You know, talking about the Iron Man uh, character, the Tony Stark, you know, persona being the womanizer, things like that. But that's kind of how he was, and I think you can see the evolution of that character over time in that cinematic universe. Um, as he, of course, you know, marries Pepper and has children, and you know, I, I just feel like it was a great kickoff to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And at the time, it was a movie that Marvel really hadn't made that was a little bit more serious while still being fun because they had just come off of a lot of the Spider-Man movies, which were serious in a way, but they were also very whimsical and a, and a lot of over-the-top fun. But Iron Man kind of grounded the universe, started off this cinematic universe in a good way, uh, and I really enjoyed it, and I still enjoy it to this day. But number one on my list, Bob, is Spider-Man 2. I think this is the best Marvel movie ever made. Um, the sequel to Spider-Man, which was another one of those, I liked it, but I didn't love Spider-Man, the initial uh, Tobey Maguire series. But Spider-Man 2 really found its footing uh, being serious, dealing with, you know, real world issues with Peter, you know, kind of struggling to find his way. And then, of course, he's got to go up against this mad scientist, Doc Ock. And Alfred Molina was fantastic. The visual effects are beautiful. The scenes are, are just heart-stopping at times. And ultimately, I think it is the best Marvel movie ever made. So, Bob, there's my top five. Any thoughts? Um, very little overlap this time. Uh, I know, um, like, our uh, our best directors list, uh, we had, like, three, right. three, three people in common. Uh, but um, actually... Um, there's, um, yeah, there's, there's very little overlap uh, okay. between our two lists. Well, overall, what'd you think of my list? Uh, did it make sense to you? Is it stupid? Are you it, laughing? It at makes, it makes sense. I mean, every, everything in there is, um, is at least, uh, well regarded. Yeah. Uh, but I have some, uh, sure. some different thoughts here. All right. Well, let's, uh, hear your list. All right. Um. Number five, I have as a uh, as a tie, um, and that is Deadpool one and two. Okay. Uh, any any time Ryan Reynolds, uh, any time we get to enjoy Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool, uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, I especially liked uh, in the second movie the uh, the scene where he travels back in time and not fixes not only uh, the issue that was plaguing him throughout the film. Uh, but also some additional issues that uh, that we hadn't seen him struggle with, uh, but also uh, made sense that he'd want to correct. Uh, but it, he's so mischievous in the role. I think is is the word. Um, it, it's it's to a point where I see him anywhere else, and I just I just crack up looking and listening to him because I know he's Deadpool, and I know he's about to say something really funny, even when he's. Uh, giving a straight performance Absolutely. because I just I, because I just expect him to to launch into into Deadpool style of humor at any point. Uh, number four on my list is the only MCU entry on my list, uh, and that is Ant Man. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Rudd, uh, very sympathetic 
main character. Um, Michael Pena, tremendous supporting oh. character, gets a great sequence where he's uh, recapping, getting this information. Um, uh, there's a similar uh, sequence in the second movie, but the second movie I don't think is is over is um, as good overall. Uh, but just uh, just an extremely funny MCU entry. Very good selection there. Yes. Um, number three is oh uh, X Men First Class. Okay. Yeah. Um, this one really took me by surprise. I was about done with, uh, with X-Men at this point based on, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, yes. Oh. Uh, the, uh, the very forgettable first movie with Ryan Reynolds as, as Deadpool that, uh, that is best forgotten. Uh, but, uh, but first class, I mean, not only was it a, a reboot, um, um, Storyline-wise, but also, but also in terms of, I think a lot of people's interest in the series, um, it doesn't get enough credit. I probably should have had it on my list uh, a few months back when we did uh, all-time greatest theater experiences because this was the first movie I saw uh, when I moved back to New York, and I had forgotten how great New York crowds could be. Yeah. Uh, and and the uh, the New York crowd that saw it on that I saw it on opening night with uh, just really ate this movie up. And of course, there was that great uh, three word cameo from uh, from Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in that movie. Yes. But uh, just a just a tremendous cast. Uh, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender were both great choices uh, to play Professor X and Magneto, respectively. And a uh, very uh, very compelling movie there. Uh, number two, I have Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. This movie okay. really took me by surprise. Um, you know, outside of the MCU, uh, not a live action entry, but it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked as a uh, as a live action entry. Um, winner of the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature in a great year for animation. Sure. Um, I had originally thought that it was uh, the only uh, MCU movie to win a major Oscar, but actually Big Hero 6 is a uh, is technically a Marvel movie, and it also won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature, but it's not on my list. Right. Uh, but, um, boy, so many avenues that this movie explores, um, and and all of them are funny. Um, I would I would recommend this to somebody who doesn't even enjoy superhero movies because there's just no way you can watch this movie and not find something to enjoy, right. in my opinion. Um, number one on my list, uh, a film that got, an, I believe, an unprecedented Oscar nomination for adapted screenplay for a comic book movie, uh, and that is Logan. Right. Logan, the uh, final... Hugh Jackman entry in the X-Men series, um, you know, allowed to be R-rated and, uh, and and give that edge to both him and Professor X. Uh, tremendous storyline with him and his long-lost daughter, with, with, with uh, Wolverine and his long-lost daughter. Uh, compelling road trip movie, which I, I wasn't expecting, uh, but, it, uh, but it really works in that regards. 
in that regard. And a um, and a, a delightful, well, not really delightful, uh, heart touching, I should say, uh, ending for the Wolverine character, which uh, which I think was was terrific uh, at every turn, based on Hugh Jackman's performance. Maybe not uh, maybe not in terms of the scripts. The scripts sometimes let him down, but uh, Jackman himself was always great as the Wolverine character, going all the way back to to 2000's X-Men. Tremendous, tremendous journey for that character over uh, 17 years. Absolutely. Well, great list. Uh, You know, I'm glad you got uh, First Class on there. I really like First Class. I was like you, where I was pleasantly surprised by the reboot, because at first I thought we were going to get into that Spider-Man fatigue where you start seeing these reboots of the character, and then X-Men First Class was a real, a nice little uh, slice of... uh, reboot there and kevin bacon of course uh, great as a villain. oh i forgot kevin bacon yes yeah he kevin was bacon was a tremendous surprise in that movie he was he was very surprised very good too as a villain uh but i'm yeah. glad the first class on there I, I i kind of prefer days of future past a little bit to it but i can see why you would put first class on there because it was a very very nice surprise and it was a very well crafted film as well so any movies that just missed your list that maybe you had considered um Maybe Avengers Endgame, uh, just because of the event that it was. Yeah. Um, I, I believe it's the yeah, it's the biggest uh, biggest MCU movie yet. Um, also, Black Panther uh, might have made the list. Uh, tr- tremendous villain in there, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. um, and of course the um, the most we got to see of of the late Chadwick Boseman. Absolutely, as, as uh, T'Challa. All right, Bob. Well, what's coming up on uh, the slate next week for you in the film world? Uh, next week is The Card Counter and Malignant. All right. A horror movie called uh, Malignant. A couple of new movies for next week. All right, Bob. Well, we definitely appreciate your time as always. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. This is the highlight of my week. All right. So we'll uh, definitely talk to you guys next week and see you, see you then. So go out to the movies. Yes. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast based on the work from our book, Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.